I was talking to someone recently uh, who lives in a developing country. Actually, it's not much of a developing country. It's not developing at all, really. It's one of the poorest countries in the world and seems to be utterly stuck. He has no job. He has no income. He's relatively young. And I was talking about serenity and peace. It's something difficult to talk about to someone who has nothing and is worried stiff about work and and providing for his family, etc. And he said something like, if only it were that worse, uh, that simple. And I thought about it in regard to what he said, and I later wrote and said that serenity does not develop in simple surroundings. It develops in chaos. People who are serene have been searching for chaos, uh, for, for serenity, in stress, in disorder, in disappointment. And so really, I started to um, remind myself of what the difference is between Christian serenity and serenity that... Uh, people in a developing world have to experience or need to learn to experience. And, of course, most of them are not Christian. And he was not the man I was talking to. Though he knows about Christ, he would like to become a Christian, but he sees it as something of a national thing. You do that when you come to America or England or the West, but you can't do it uh, in one of these Hindu countries. Well, here we have in Romans chapter 8, you remember, this passage we're working on, Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we now come to these verses, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, serenity in non-Christian or pagan uh, religions or New Age religions is about developing a state of mind in which almost you don't feel anything, or you you sit in lotus position and you uh, um, pinch your finger and thumb, middle finger and thumb, you don't pinch it, but you bring them together, and you rest your wrists on your knees, you know, you look up to heaven, and you seek to breathe deeply, and they, the various techniques they have to bring you an emotional state of serenity. So that when trouble hits and things go wrong, um, you simply live above it. And really, you pretend it doesn't exist. I suppose I'm being, I'm caricaturing these uh, um, other uh, religion of, uh, forms of meditation and serenity. I don't want to be unkind to them. But there is a major difference between that and Christian Serenity. Christian serenity starts with faith, and it doesn't start with trying to produce a nice, calm, serene feeling from head to toe. It's based on certain facts. 
It's based on the fact that God came to the world in Jesus Christ and atoned for our sins so that you and I can shed off or shrug off, not shrug off maybe, uh, that's not a phrase that I should use, but shed off by faith guilt and shame and fear. We know that Jesus Christ took our judgment for us, and therefore by faith we can say to our God, Father, though I feel guilty inside, I thank you that I am freed from condemnation and guilt by Christ's atoning sacrifice who died for my sins. So that faith, you see, speaks into the mind. It does not start from attempting to find a serenity within the emotions or the body. That might come after some time of having faith, but it doesn't start there. It starts with facts about what God has done in Christ. And then we also believe that Jesus Christ, as I said the other day, our Savior, not only revealed the love of God to us, not only atoned for uh, the sins of the world, but also trounced the powers of evil so that he led them in a triumphal procession as it was it states there in colossians chapter 2 so what we believe is that though there is chaos all around our faith lifts its heart up to god and says father i thank you that in jesus christ you have gained victory over all these things And in him, not in myself, but in him, I have conquered. He has conquered for me. And so we rest in this. I know it's not easy to say this to a person there in a developing country without a job. It's like pouring salt on a wound, I think. And I hesitated to say it. I've known him for quite some time, and I hesitate to say uh, spiritual things to him because... Immediately he feels that I don't understand his situation, and I'm sure I don't in many, many ways. But still all of us are called to that kind of faith that recognizes our Lord's gift to us of serenity in the midst of chaos. Now, you remember I shared with you a psalm. Well, I've often shared it with you. I'll share it again. And it's Psalm 46 that talks about this serenity in chaos. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. I mean, I know this is poetic language, but it is obviously referring to a tranquility and a faith that we can have in the midst of trouble. Now, our emotions may be trembling, our body may be trembling, we may be afraid. In our hearts, we're not denying the emotions that go on and the tumult in our heart and mind. But faith lifts above it and says, Father, though I am jobless, though I am without help, it seems, in this world, maybe you're a street person even, I mean someone homeless, 
Nevertheless, Father, I trust in you. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall uphold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall fall upon me, shall fall on me, even the uh, the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. Darkness and night and light are both alike to you. That's Psalm 139, you see. We speak these truths. And so, tranquility in the Christian sense is rational. It thinks, and it thinks through what God has done And it affirms by faith, speaking into the heart and speaking through the heart to God, affirming what God has done for us and praising him for it. Tranquility in the Eastern sense of the word, in New Age ideas or in Hinduism, is not rational, or rather it is not Yes, it is not rational. It is non-thinking. It sense, it attempts to come to a state in which we do not think. We transcend thought. But that's not the Christian way. The Christian way, as I say, is based upon facts. So we look at these things that are going on. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Now, notice that Paul says, I am persuaded. He didn't simply have instructions from God about this. He was persuaded by the facts of Christ's presence in the world, who was a gift from God, who was God among men, and who came to declare peace to us to declare that the kingdom of God is ours, to call us to trust in him and do not worry, to say to us that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like a lily of the valley and like a a, a beautiful flower. And if God can take care of the flowers in that way and the lilies, he can take care of us. It's not an easy thing to teach when a world is going to rack and ruin. But that is what you and I are called upon to believe. So how do we do it? I think that our hearts lift themselves up to God in praise. You've heard me say many times, Ephesians 5.20, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks every day in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. And when we pray, we lift our hearts up and say, Father, I'm afraid, my heart is trembling, I'm anxious, I feel distress, but I thank you by faith that you are in these circumstances with me. You came into the darkest places with me when you came to the world in Jesus Christ, And when he was on the cross and everything around him was dark and he even felt that you had forsaken him, 
But he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And so, Father, though death face me, or life with all its troubles, or angels, satanic forces, or principalities and powers of government, or satanic kingdoms, or the worry of things to come, or the anxiety of the present, or the depths of the unknown, Father, I give thanks to you that you are with me, and I, by faith in you, am tranquil of heart. Thanks very much for listening today. This is Colin Cook. You're listening to How It Happens, a broadcast that you can hear every Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. And you can also hear the broadcast any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, Podbean or SoundCloud.com's and uh, key in How It Happens with Colin Cook, or go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or faithquest.podbean.com. And if you'd like to make a donation to the ministry, it would be so much appreciated. Thank you, by the way, for recent donations and little notes that have been very cheering. It also gives me something, a sense of whom I'm talking to. I appreciate that. So send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much, then, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio, and God bless.